hosting for your tech life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, episode 301. And I do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technologies. Tell you more about them shortly. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for letting me jump into your uh, your mobile phone each and every week. I'm pretty confident that for the overwhelming majority, uh, I'm buzzing through your mobile phone somehow. Um, I'd be interested to know if anyone's still doing kind of podcasts via iTunes on their computer. Um, I think it's just all happening now on the old... Uh, Pocket Casts or Podcast app, but um, always keen to know how you're listening. It's, uh, it's very interesting research and could change the way I uh, produce or deploy the show, but I have no reason to believe that, that just yet. A few calls to get to tonight and uh, a few topics as well. A um, couple of uh, new comments on the uh, iTunes store. Thank you for your uh, rating, your five stars, and your comment is greatly appreciated. It means that other people may well discover this Wonderful little show program. Um, but let's talk metadata. Let's talk the future of cars. Let's talk Facebook. And let's talk giving away a $1,000 television. That's ahead this evening. Um, or here on Your Tech Life. You can subscribe on iTunes, Pocket Cast, wherever it might be. And you can get in touch with me at Trevor Long on Twitter or on Facebook. You can just find me. TrevorLong.com will find my Facebook page. Um, jump over there. And, uh, and like, you can send me messages through there, trevorlong.com or via the website, eftm.com.au. Let's get cracking. So where do I start? Metadata. Today is Tuesday, Tuesday the 13th of October. And as at midnight on this day, the world has ended. Well, that may be the case if you believed... A lot of the tweets that I'm seeing, my gosh, um, the tweets, the some of the articles online, it's doomsday stuff. The government's data retention legislation has passed uh, Parliament some months ago, and today's the day the telcos have to start retaining your data for two years. Uh, yes, some telcos aren't even ready, and they've had to ask for exemptions, but it doesn't really matter. In the end, at some point very soon, they'll be retaining your data for two years. What does that mean? It means what they do today goes on for two years because they already retain your data. They already know which websites you visit, which people you call, what time you were called, where you were at the time, which cell tower you were connected to. They know this stuff. Uh, but they delete it after 30, 60 something days, depending on you know how much data space they've got. The government's saying, no, no, oh, no, 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 don't delete it. Keep it for two years. And uh, we'll pay for the for the data space that's required. Don't worry, it's Okay. But broadly, the data that is just flowing through the systems is now needing to be kept for two years. Now, for some telcos, they may have to keep stuff that they weren't keeping at all before. But I think for the majority and for ISPs, they're just keeping stuff and not deleting logs. Why are we worried? Honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. But on no issue before today... Have I received such vitriol, hatred, and stupidity on the internet? 
from rather senior, respectable people. Some idiot called me, described me as being having been humiliated because someone tweeted me back a link to the legislation. No, not at all. What I have said, what I tweeted yesterday, was that people that are flocking to VPNs, a virtual private network, which is a, a, a an internet tunnel that allows you to stay somewhat anonymous um, to, to ensure that the, their telco, their, their ISP, their, their everyone can't know what they're doing and therefore the government can't get access to it, um, should be just as worried as if they were within the data retention program. Because if Telstra is going to get hacked, then what's to say your VPN provider isn't going to be hacked and they're not going to get your credit card details and they're not going to screw you for money. I think that's a worse hack than someone finding out what websites you visited. And I am firmly of the belief that if an ISP was hacked, it is extremely unlikely that the hacker would, on the first attempt, get access to both the log information and the database of users and time access logs that would allow them to identify those users. They'd need to do a serious data breach of a lot of systems to, to have that in their, in their systems. I just think it's far-fetched. Yes, it's a risk. Yes, it could happen. Do we not do it just because we're worried about a hack? No. So the next argument is privacy. You think you're entitled to privacy, do you? You think that no one else should know where you're going on the internet. Bollocks. I mean, no one in Australia gives a toss what websites you're visiting, who you're emailing, or who you're calling, unless they have some suspicion that there's some illegal activity going on. And yes, there could be any number of government agencies that have the power to request the data. And I say that specifically because it, some people like to make out like someone at the RSPCA is going to be able to open up a website, put in their password and just search for what your call history or your web browsing history. No, they have to go to their superior. They have to fill out a form that's authorized by someone at their end. Therefore, there's a, there's a track. Then they have to request it. And the ISP has to have that form and that authority. And the ISP's then got to dig it up and find it. It's not an overnight process. You know, it's just, honestly, no one gives a toss what you're doing on the internet unless you're doing something wrong. Now, if you are, let's go to the extreme and you're a bloody terrorist cell. Okay, no one's going to, honestly, if anyone argues that we shouldn't be able to get access to that data, then you're crazy and I don't, I don't want to know you exist. Go away. But if you are worried about the, the middle ground, Someone tried to give me an example about uh, domestic violence or, or violence generally, and that you know all you need to do is you know file a little case with the cops, and they could then you know request your data. I mean, that's an abuse of the legal system. So you could be in as much trouble for trying to you know utilize police resources for the wrong reasons, just as much as they would be running you know, red rag to a bull to try and find some silly information about you. I just, honestly, I think we have this massive lack of trust. Now, okay, you might hate the government. Good luck to you, lefties. But the Labor Party supported this legislation, so it's not a left and right thing. Uh, you might not trust the government. Okay, great. Go and live on an island somewhere then. We have a government. They they aren't out of control you know what I mean? Like it's not, so 
I'm gonna, I saw a tweet today from someone who linked to an article about the, the police in Western Australia, several hundred police, had accessed data on the police system about Ben Cousins' arrest many years ago. So nothing to do with metadata whatsoever, ever, because it's not metadata. It's police records they're looking up. And I don't want to break it to you, but they had records that a hundred and something people had access to them and those people that could then be disciplined. So what do we think? They're just getting away with it scot-free? No. Honestly, just take a chill pill, everyone. Take a bloody chill pill. And the funniest, honestly, I, I nearly pulled over because I was laughing so hard when I read it. Edward Snowden, right, the believer of freedom and blah, blah, blah. Edward Snowden tweets uh, uh, information about, you know, Australia's data retention laws and encourages people to sign up, get, sign a get up petition. Now, two things. Get up is basically a branch of the Labor Party. It's, it's a, a Labor left funded political lobby organization. And they're asking you to sign a petition. To sign a petition, you have to give your data voluntarily, name, email, address, or it's not a valid bloody petition. So to fight this, the, the use of data, you've got you to hand over your data. Genius, people. Pure genius. Honestly, I accept that some people have a lack of trust in our authorities in our government. But I think you need to temper that with the reality that Abuse of power is not something that's well respected in government or government organisations. So it doesn't happen readily. And in fact, there's not a lot of cases of it. Um, I just fail to see the overwhelming arguments um, that people are, are trying to put on. They're, they're, there's just struggle. There's a, I believe there's a real struggle to, um, to, to justify the argument that people have against the metadata laws. Um, you know, one, one conversation I had with a guy tonight on Twitter, uh, which, you know, says your tweets last night and your article today show you have no idea what you're writing or talking about. Do you really think you're much better than the industry experts? No, I don't, but I have an opinion. And then they go, he goes to say, there's no, no good in removal of presumption of innocence and citizen spying by an incompetent government. You lost me there, mate. You lose me with that argument because citizen spying, the government couldn't give a toss. The government doesn't want to spy on you. The government is simply trying to give law enforcement officers the tools they need. And trust me, if there's abuse of this, they'll be brought down. They'll be brought down. So just take a chill pill, everyone, okay? Take a massive, massive chill pill. Thank you to the people that have had a you know a reasoned debate. Leanne O'Donnell, um, MS Lodz, Ms. Lodz on Twitter. A lawyer, um, you know, arguing with conviction her, her, her view, and I'm I'm happy with that. But we had a good conversation. But then, you know, some bloke named Mark Edwards says, ultimately, I think your opinion is dangerous to society. Okay, cheers, mate. Whatever you reckon. I think getting people up in a muck lather is a danger to society. I think that scaring people is a danger to society. Just take a chill pill. I'm also hazarding a guess that 99% of you listening right now couldn't give a rat's about metadata retention laws. Call me, tell me, if you're, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if it's a passion issue for you and if I've got it wrong. Let's have a conversation about it. Maybe a debate, not an argument. 
you can hit me up on Twitter at Trevor Long. I would love to have a phone call conversation. If you, if you want to have a conversation, let's talk about it next week. Go to the website, eftm.com.au or trevorlong.com. Get in touch and let's have a chat. That's what I'm here to do, okay? I'm here to have a chat. Let's talk metadata. Let's talk government. Let's talk conspiracies. You're listening to Your Tech Life. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin. And, uh, you know, the Vivo Fit family is uh, is huge. The Vivo Fit 2 is an activity tracker with a one-year battery. The Vivo Smart is an activity tracker with smart notifications on your wrist. And the Vivo, Vivo Active is a smart watch for the active lifestyle. The Vivo Smart, though, cracking little device, um, you know, wristband fitness tracker. But more importantly, it has smart notifications that let you decide to take action or continue on your active way. Uh, it has auto sync, it measures calories, step goals, sleep monitoring, water resistance, it has heart rate, it has the time. It's everything you need. Uh, and, you know, those smart notifications come with your Bluetooth device. You can see texts, emails, or calls come up on your wrist. Uh, and you can touch and swipe the screen to read more. Very easy to use. Uh, you know, looking at your, your smartwatch, the steps, the distance, the calories, the time, it's all there at a tap of the wrist. And of course, using the Garmin technology, it's setting goals for you. So it will drive you to, to, to exercise more. It'll drive you to work harder. Not ridiculously, it'll just always push you to do more. And that's a great thing about the Vivo Fit range. The Garmin Vivo Fits. Check them out at garmin.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, you might have seen on the website eftm.com.au, I was driving the Tesla again this week. We had one about a year ago, and um, it's, it's you know they've been selling them like hotcakes since then. But the interesting thing about this, and and Bowen will write up a full car review of it. You know, it's amazing. It's dual motor. It's super powerful. It's ridiculous speed. Uh, it's it, it's just brilliant to drive. But it made me think about the connected car and how car companies have literally just missed the boat. Um. Now, here's a couple of things the Tesla was able to do in a short space of time, and I didn't even own it. Um, I was able to open an app and see where it was. Well, that's cool. Built into it is a SIM card. Built into it is this tracking. So I open an app, and I know where the car is. Uh, open an app, I can see the, the fuel level, battery level in this case. I open an app, I can, um, I can vent the car. I can turn on the air con. Um, open an app, I can lock and unlock the car, beep the horn, flash the lights. Easy things that, that help you drive your car because you lose at a shopping centre, whatever it might be, or it's a hot day, you want to cool down before you get in. These are all cool things. <coughs> Excuse me. What's interesting, though, is they're not exclusive to Tesla. They could... My Commodore should have it, right? Holden, sh there's no reason other than cost and market, uh, market uh, demand, in a sense, for Holden not to have an app and a, and a connected car that allows me to look up the app and go, oh, no, it's running out of petrol. Um, that allows me to look up the app and turn the aircon on. allows me to look up the app and see where it is. All these things are possible with any car. It just happens to be a fully electric Tesla. And it made me think that's, that's why Tesla is better. Not because of the way it drives, not because it's stupidly fast off the line, faster than a V8 supercar, whatever you want to say. But because they've actually thought about it. They've designed this thing with interactivity in mind. Yes, it has a 17-inch touchscreen and computer inside it. Um, but that means that 
the other thing that's really critical, you know, just like your iPhone gives you a software update, so is your Tesla. Software update. Tomorrow, Tesla will issue a software upgrade to all of the compatible cars that will enable autopilot. So they'll go from having blind spot monitoring and lane detection, if you merge out the lane, to actually self-driving, essentially. Now, I want to test it. I want to see what they mean by that because there's a bunch of um, there's there's a bunch of cars out there that do you know they'll they'll steer you through a corner on a, on a highway. So let's see how much um, autopilot there really is. But the bottom line is they're they're doing that via a software upgrade, right? You don't have to go to a dealer. It's just available via your Wi-Fi. That's cool. So I've taken a bunch of photos. And I've written about it up at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. You are able to get in touch anytime you like, eftm.com.au or call 1-800-157-157. G'day, Peter. Hello, uh, Trevor. What can I do for you, mate? I've just had uh, Windows 10 installed on my computer. Mm -hmm. And one of the things it's asking me to do is sign on to OneDrive. Right. And I'm just wondering, what does that mean? Have you heard of the cloud? No. Okay, so the cloud is like a hard drive that doesn't sit on your computer. It sits, frankly, it's up in the cloud. But it's not really. It's just a big data warehouse somewhere in America probably. Yep. But, but essentially, it makes that data, whatever you put there, is available anywhere you are from any device. So if you, oh, sign, yeah, so if you sign up to OneDrive, which... Uh, if you've got a Microsoft account, is free. You get a bunch of data for free. Whenever you save a document now, it's a little bit frustrating, but Microsoft kind of make it the default. So if you've got the latest version of Word, it always kind of by default wants you to save it in OneDrive. But if you get used to it, it's actually very handy because you say, let's say you type in a, I don't know, a proposal or an idea, type it up, hit save, and then you're, you could be anywhere. You could be a mate's place. You could be on your mobile phone. You could be anywhere at all. And you go, oh, I wanted to share this thing with you. But you didn't print it out. You didn't send it to them, whatever. You just open up the OneDrive app and all of your files are listed there. And you can view them on any computer. Oh, okay. And also you can share them with people. So you can, uh, you can send people a link to that file. You can also put photos. Whatever you like is there. Think of it just like a floppy disk that you used to put into your computer. And instead of handing it around to your mates, now you just put whatever you want on that drive and you can share it with your mates via the internet or you can access it from anywhere in the world. You don't ever ne never need to remember to take it with you. Okay. So very cool, man. I, I personally would recommend some sort of cloud solution in your life. Yep. And um, if you haven't got one, then kick it off with the one that's being prompted to you. Okay, so that's all I've got to do. Just sign on it and then it'll sign tell on, me what to do after and, that. And then what will happen is if you start loving it and liking it, you'll start to probably reach a storage limit, and that's when they'll start saying to you, hey, do you want to buy more storage? So, oh, okay. for example, I pay about 10 or $11 a month for Google's Google Drive, and that gives me like a terabyte of storage, like stupid. It's a huge amount of space. I, I, I won't use it all, but it means that I've got this flexibility. So this thing's separate to the external hard drive that I've got. That's right. So you've got your computer hard drive, yep. then you've got the little hard drive you plugged into your computer, yep. and then you've got this hard drive, which requires an internet connection. So instead of the USB cable between your computer and the hard drive, the cable is essentially the internet. Okay. All right. Yep. Easy as pie, man. Sign up, have fun, and uh, let me know if you have any problems. No worries. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Good on you, and you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au.
thank you very much for listening. You can get in touch anytime you like. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, absolutely doesn't matter what it is. Happy to help you out if I can. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Ross. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Mate, I've got a problem with my laptop. It's running Windows 7. Uh-huh. I keep getting loads of objectionable spam. Uh, uh, and I mean anything up to 10 or 15 a day. Yep. My Norton's antivirus merrily pots it into a spam folder. Yep. But I want to know whether I can stop it some way. Well, the answer in simple terms is, is no. Um, once they've got an address that is somewhat legitimate... They'll just keep going. They'll just never stop. Um, the only way, you've got Norton. It's, yes. it's preventing you from seeing it in your inbox. That's as good as it gets. Now, for example, I don't have Norton on my email, but I have uh, a Gmail account, a Google account. And if I go into my spam folder, I'm going to tell you that I actually don't get as much as I, uh, as I used to, but mainly because the email address I use today, I've, I've never used publicly. So I don't type it into websites and... It's just a very, not private, I'm happy to give it out, but it's not something I've, I've written on websites, whereas back in the day, you used to just write your email address and it would all be gathered away. So I only get 10 or 15 a day, but they're here in my spam folder. I don't care. They're there. I look in the spam folder now and then just in case there's what's called a false positive. So there's an email in there that I actually want. Yeah, um, I've had one, of those, one or two of those. So it's always good to check your spam folder, but right. broadly... Um, if the spam folder is working, i.e., you know, it's picking up spam and it's putting it in there, then you're getting the you're getting the right treatment. Um, so I'm really wasting my time um, putting all of these addresses that come in on the block folders too. Oh so no, don't do that. Three pages of it, the damn thing. Is that? Are you doing that after they go into spam? Um, yes, I am. No, mate. If they're in spam, they're spam. Just leave them there. Just ignore them. Right. Okay. The only thing to do is check the spam folder on a weekly basis. Make sure there's no important emails from your friends there. And like your mate might send you a joke that makes a silly joke about Viagra and it might go into the spam folder because it thinks mm-hmm. it's spam, right? That's the only reason to go into that folder. Now, in, in reality, if it was really bugging you, then the only way to do it is change an email address. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. <laughs> but, I'm, not, I'm not in the mood to do that one. <laughs> no, exactly. And the, even the best email address will get spam because what they do is they just. They just try anything. So let's say, what's, what's the last part of your email address? The at what? At uh, OptusNet. So OptusNet is one of Australia's biggest ISPs. Spam companies will be sending an email to A at OptusNet, B dot OptusNet, C at OptusNet, D, and they just go through and they just make up usernames and they put it in front and they hope that it works because it's free. It's not like right. they're spending 50 cents for every mail they send, right? So it's free for them just to try and and, and try and guess people's addresses. The most important thing you can do is never respond, never reply, never say go away, never say remove me, because you know what happens when you do that? You confirm, they you, they, you confirm with them that you're a real person, that it's a real address, and you're, the value of that address on the black market goes up from you know, 0.001 cents to 2 cents. And... They'll, you'll get double the spam. Okay. Thank you very much for right. your guidance. You've got, you've got Norton. It's doing a good job for you. Ignore the spam folder. Check it now and then for your mates. But otherwise, yep. you're on the right track, my friend. Okay. Thanks very much, Trevor. Good on you. And you can get Have in touch. Good... Oh, thank you very much, mate. You too. And uh, you can get in touch anytime you like. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. It might sound crazy when...
thank you for listening. Now, um, before I tell you about Facebook, I should tell you that uh, up on EFTM.com.au, you've got a chance to win a 4K TV, a 50-inch ultra-high-definition TCL TV valued at just under a 1000 bucks. Um, 4K resolution, just gorgeous. So uh, it doesn't come any easier than that. It's um, There's got a bunch of great new products, new Android operating system, Wi-Fi capabilities. This one here, 50 inches, 4K, just under a 1000 bucks. All you've got to do is go to the website, look for the TCL giveaway, and tell us the name of a horse you'd enter in the Melbourne Cup. Be creative. Explain why. We've seen some good entries. But remember this about competitions. Let me give you a little tip, especially with these competitions that that you need to do a little bit of work. You need to think. They don't get as many entries as you think. You know, I've run a few comps in my time, radio, online, different places. You'd be surprised how few people, like a lot of people have an expectation that tens of thousands of people, they're not. Your your chances of winning are great if you uh, if you just think creatively. What would you name a horse entering the Melbourne Cup? Be creative. Explain why. Have some fun. It's a TCL competition, and of course there is also a money can't buy experience to attend Crown Oaks Day on the fifth of November. You can uh, you can enter that at tclpromotion.com.au. dot com dot au. But the uh, the TV is at eftm eftm dot com dot au. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Now, over on EFTM also, you'll see the story about Facebook's new reactions. Now, <laughs> I don't want to tell you what I told you so, but I told you so. Uh, some time ago, a few weeks ago, um, Mark Zuckerberg held a Facebook town hall where he said that they would uh, they'd respond to people's calls for a dislike button, but that they'd be looking for something deeper. And I predicted they'd, they'd run with kind of emojis because of the way they have that, you know, post in your status where you can say, I'm feeling great, feeling bad, whatever. Well, Mark Zuckerberg's posted videos of the new reactions, and they've been trialled in um, uh, Spain, I think, and Ireland. They'll come to Australia, I reckon, before Christmas. And the new reactions you'll be able to choose are like, love, ha-ha, <laughs> yay, wow, sad, and angry. So when someone says, oh, my God, I'm getting married, you can, you can say love. Um, when, when someone says, we're having a baby, you can say, yay. When someone says, I just won the lottery, you can say, wow. When someone says, I'm sorry to tell you that my dog has passed away. You can say sad. And when someone says I'm really annoyed by the government, you can say angry. So you can have some fun. It's not a bad idea. I think they'll do very well out of it because it just gives you a new way of expressing those emotions. So, yeah, I um I like it. I think they'll do very, very well with that. So um, if you want to see the new icons and a bit of a, a sample of how it all works, uh, go to the website, eftm.com.au. <laughs> So 301, thank you for listening. Get in touch anytime you like. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Feel free to abuse me as many like to, uh, only because you disagree with me. But frankly, I don't think you're listening if you have those beliefs. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> let's go back to calls. Go, Rob. Go, Trevor. How are you? Yes, well, um, I've had a fun couple of days on the interwebs. Dealing you with... like firing them up. Dealing with lunatics. Oh, you know what? You're right. I do. I if if I was an emotional person who was on edge, uh, I, Twitter would be a very bad place for me. And I can understand how it has that effect on people. But I actually, it's like getting a shot of adrenaline getting abused. I because uh, breaking news, I don't report to anyone. I fire back. <laughs> <laughs> well, the word troll's been thrown around a few times. I see. Yes. No. I've. Um, yeah, people calling me a troll. I'm like, hang on a minute. You're well, the ones that are going at me. 
But, you know, a bloke, bloke tonight said, wow, I don't think I've read something this stupid in ages. And I've just written back, I don't think I've read someone so rude and obnoxious in ages. Well, there anyway. you go. God love them. What can I do for you, buddy? Well, Trevor, I've, recent times, probably the last two months, I've suffered some pretty um, significant reduction in my internet speed. Um, previously, I was probably averaging six and a half megabytes per second, which I think we all agree is pretty poor anyway. Yeah. yeah um, and then just to be clear, you're, but, in, you're in rural uh, or remote, where, what do we describe? Rural New South Wales. Regional. Yeah, go. Regional Re- to be the regional. word. Regional. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Regional. Um, Six and a half megabytes per second, but I'm only 100 metres from my nearest exchange. Oh, really? Yes. So, not that far at all. So, when you break it down, the main exchange here in the town I live in runs on a 25 megabit per second exchange. Yeah. And that runs a fibre cable to the satellite exchanges, which are eight sorry, eight megabits per second exchanges, which would explain why I should get around six and a half megabytes per second in my joint. Mm-hmm. But about two months ago, I, I, I experienced a reduction in my speed to the point where I was getting less than one megabyte per second, almost zero to almost zero. Mm. So I've contacted Telstra and they ran some line tests and did all the rest of it and, and doesn't seem to be any problem on their end. Awesome. <laughs> do they do they give so you they, anything? Do they say anything? They they could not give me. They sent a technician out who ran some tests, and true to form, they ran about twenty speed tests, and they're all up around the six and a half megabit per second, mm. which is, you know, unfortunately that's the way it is. Uh, but these speed tests that I'm doing at less than one megabit per second are happening at. Um, four o'clock in the morning after oh. when I get home from night shift. Oh, so you're getting crappy speeds at crappy hours. Correct. So oh. I can't, they're saying it's congestion, but I'm getting these speeds at the least congested times of the day. One, one would assume. And, and you've obviously done some tests at all different types of day, times of the day? I, I am, yeah. Wow. So, and, and what's even stranger, Trevor is that I can do a speed test and get 6.5 megabits per second, but the very second after that speed test, I can try and open Facebook or a, you know, a internet page, and it will not load. So, so it is very, very intermittent compared to the speed tests. And can you get it? This is an interesting one. Can you? Spilt my coke. Can you get it so that a um, a speed test goes six and a half? Internet doesn't work very well. Then speed test goes six and a half again, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Really? So it's, the speed test looks great, and it's the internet yep. that's congested. But even though the speed test is on the internet, that's right. But at other times, I'll get all speed tests. I'll get less than one megabit per second. And then I could go on a website and it'll load. So there's no consistency yeah. across the speed tests and the loading of data from the internet. Do, does Telstra actually recommend, like, do they when they're on the phone to them, do they talk about doing speed tests? I've just never had that yeah. from an ISP, so they do talk about it, do they? They they rang me today because they've got I've, they've escalated my problem for me. You got a big red flag, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they ran a few speed tests and they said, okay, can you do a what? on Wi-Fi, so I did a speed test on Wi-Fi and got 6 megabits per second. And then I, then they said, okay, now do an Ethernet test. 
which I plugged the computer into the Ethernet. Yeah. And then it took about five minutes for the speed test website to even open via Ethernet. Wow. Yeah. Well, hang on. So that's interesting. So, mm. hang on, hang on. So, your Wi-Fi was good and your Ethernet was bad. It should be the other way around. Exactly. Is, is there ever any consistency to that? Uh, no, they're, they're very, they're as inconsistent as each other. Mm. Modem? Yeah. Well, what's what's the modem? Well, that's that's the thing. I had a Netgear modem yeah. router, modem yeah. router combined. And when I had suffered this problem and they did line tests on the rest of it, I assumed that the remote router was on the blink. Right. So I went down to, um, I wanted to be on the Telstra Air thing because, as you know, I'm out on the road a fair bit. Yeah. And so I wanted the convenience of being able to hook up to Telstra Air. Yeah. So I went and bought a Telstra modem router. From probably. Telstra? Yep. Yeah. And hooked that up and the same problem existed. So I'm... <laughs> I tore my hair out as a result. And, so you've got uh, a brand, yeah, new, you've got a brand new router modem from Telstra, so they can't blame someone else. Nope. Um, you've got inconsistency on the speed. Um, neighbours, any, any conversation with the neighbours about what they're getting? No, to be honest, I haven't had a conversation, but that is something I should I should speak to them about. It'd be interesting. Um you know, it's just kind of the ice. It's that whole trial and everything. You know, you've done the bulk of it, right? You've, you've. Re- I mean, it looks like you've bloody dug up the streets to find out their network with all fiber and the satellites and whatnot. But um, yeah. the it, it is, yeah, man. You've you've nailed everything you could possibly do. And uh, look, I, I can't suggest anything to you, to be honest, other than <laughs> other than let's let's just have that conversation again with Telstra. It sounds like you're getting pretty good. At least you're getting consistent help from Telstra. Then it's not help. It's not actually proving beneficial, but it's not that they've completely brushed you. Is a good thing. Um, no, that's right. So uh, let's somewhat escalate it where possible to say, can we just get someone else maybe to have a look, or can we can we run some further tests in the street, in the house? Um, you know, you're a Telstra customer for your phone as well. Yeah, yeah, I am. Sure, I am. Yeah, so it's not like you're getting that whole naked DSL. They don't want to talk to you thing. You're. Uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're, they're in. You've got the you've got the cash flowing. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's. That's the best I can do is suggest that maybe we use a bit of extra clout to say, can we can we send a couple of extra technicians out to run some additional tests, um, because it just doesn't make sense. I mean, the congestion <laughs> argument doesn't work if you're doing because you know the first thing I was going to say was do you do a test at three a.m. and you've done that. Well, absolutely, and that, and that's the thing. I guess what I was asking you for advice for, not so much to solve my problem, but whether I should accept the the situation as it is. Um, If you said to me that you're getting one meg speeds from, you know, lunchtime until 10 o'clock at night and slightly better the rest of the time, I'd say, mate, that's it. Bad luck. You're there. But the 1am, 3am, 4am, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's no way, no way. There's that level yeah. of congestion. It just doesn't make any sense. No, and that's and that's the technicians were blaming the the uh, video download, the str- the stands, and the Netflixes of the world. They're saying that that's what's congesting all the lines. It's blown blown their usage out of the water, basically. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's but, unfortunately a really good excuse. <laughs> mm, um, yes, uh, which which I don't favour either. You know, it's 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 a genuine reason at certain times and in certain situations, but. I think it's an excuse as well. It's a good way of, you know, butting people back. So, yeah, I, I don't accept... In answer to your question, no, I don't accept the, um, the reasoning. 
Um, yep. I would. What I'd be doing is, and the good thing about speed test is, it, it can keep a record and you can save it. I'd be doing some serious data crunching on a regular basis. I'd be doing tests every. Remember, it uses your data, but you've got a reasonable amount of data at home, probably. But yeah, um, I'd be yep. doing tests every every fifteen minutes, half an hour, from when, whenever you're home, if you can, and keep a log of it yeah. and see whether you can chart any any weirdness in it. Um, yep. Uh, the, the peaks and the troughs, you're always going to get that six meg suddenly and then, you know, consistent twos. Um, but yeah. if you get consistent sixes at a certain time of day or consistent, that's when it might be interesting. Um, but it sounds like you're not seeing sixes anymore, and that's that's really the biggest issue. And living 100 metres from the exchange, it should be the one benefit you have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So I think that's what I'll do. I'll just keep logging those um, those speed tests. Yep. Um and see how I go from there. And keep in touch with them. I will, um, if you just send me your uh, Telstra account number and phone number, I will pass it on as well, just for all time's sake. But it sounds like you're getting reasonably good yep. service from Telstra. We should we should say that, but, um, but it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not solving the problem, unfortunately. No, it isn't. It's very, very frustrating. And, you'll, and what I point out to them in the uh, complaint that I wrote them is that in the two months that I've had this problem, I've, I've seen a 60 gigabyte reduction in the amount of data I'm using per month. Yeah. So although I can I can show them the, the speed reduction, reduction, I can also show them, well, as a consequence, I'm using a lot less data as a, as a result. Yeah. And I'm betting you're using so, more on your mobile. Uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. A lot more. Mm. All right. Good luck. So, Let me know how right. you go. Good man. Thanks, Talk buddy. Soon. Cheers. And, uh, of course, if you've got a question, a problem... Or an issue with uh, the internet, the uh, the mobile phone, the, the TV, doesn't matter what it is. If you've got a question about technology, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. What about my wife? I texted her earlier. She was out. I said, any chance some chocolate or a McFlurry on the way home? She comes to the front door. I happen to be walking out to put the garbage out. She hands it to me. She, said, she says, can you promise this is your last McFlurry? Without thinking. Like immediately, I said, absolutely. Are you kidding? That, that Why would I do that? Um, why would anyone not want a McFlurry? They are delicious. Delicious. Who's with me? Who's with me? Jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long, hashtag McFlurry. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, wonderful to have your company once again. Uh, I'll be back next week, I, I assume, unless, you know, um, fate, uh, you know, seals me. Uh, tell my kids I love them. No, I'm only joking. Um... What have we got on next week? There's a few things coming out this week can't tell you about yet. Got them. Can't tell you about them. Bloody embargo. So um, all I'll say is if you're listening before 6am on Wednesday, uh, go to the website at 6am on Wednesday. There's um, some product information being made available. If you're listening after Wednesday, yeah, well, it's on the website right now. Um, if uh, you're listening after before Thursday morning, jump on today's show on Thursday morning. We'll have... Uh, uh, a new product uh, I'll be uh, previewing. And again, on The Current Affair on Thursday night, we'll uh, give you great details about that product and when it'll be available and, and for how much. And um, that's just riveting, isn't it? Um, and I'm going to try and post a story tonight about a fun little Microsoft foldable keyboard that I've got. It's very cool. Works really, really well. I just don't know why you'd want it. That's all. Anyway, thanks for your company. Thanks for downloading. Uh, it is always great to be in your phone uh, or wherever I am. Tell me. Uh, jump on the website, eftm.com.au. Jump on... Uh, the Facebook page at trevorlong.com. Just go to trevorlong.com. That'll direct you to my Facebook page, and you can like, message, comment, whatever you like. And, of course, on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Thanks for your company. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Let's do it all again next week.